This is AMDA On The Go, your gateway to expert discussions, general article reviews, and innovation in post-acute and long-term care. AMDA On The Go is a presentation of the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. Support for this podcast is brought to you by U.S. Post-Acute Care. This podcast is eligible for ABPLM pre-approved certified medical director credits. Details will be provided at the end of this podcast. I'm Suzanne Gillespie, AMDA's Vice President, and I cordially invite you to register for AMDA's annual conference, which will be held virtually March 11th through the 14th. The agenda features expert speakers discussing topics that are on the minds of practitioners everywhere as well as opportunities for networking and engagement with colleagues, exhibitors, and PALTC stakeholders. Visit PALTC.org conference to view the schedule and register today. And now here's our host for AMDA On The Go, Dr. Wayne Saltzman. Welcome to AMDA On The Go. This podcast will look at a pragmatic innovation around antipsychotic medication use, in the post-acute and long-term care setting. As noted in a 2018 health affairs blog entitled, The Never-Ending Misuse of Antipsychotics in Nursing Homes, issues around antipsychotic use in the long-term care settings have been discussed for decades. Back in 1975, a report via the United States Senate Special Committee on Aging concluded that Good medical practice requires that antipsychotic use be strictly time-limited and episodic and should be used as an adjunct to getting at the cause of agitation. 35 years later, the 2011 Inspector General Report entitled Medicare Atypical Antipsychotic Drug Claims for Elderly Nursing Home Residents concluded that 14% of nursing home residents had claims for these medications. 83% were associated with off-label conditions. 88% were associated with the FDA black box warning. And 22% fell under CMS standards around unnecessary drug use. And over half of the Medicare antipsychotic drug claims were erroneous. Back in 2018, Human Rights Watch published a powerful piece entitled, They Want Docile. How Nursing Homes in the United States Over-Medicate People with Dementia. The paper reported that in an average week, nursing facilities in the United States administer 179,000 antipsychotic medications for people who do not have the approved usage diagnosis. It's 2021. Where are we after 50 years of research and discussion? Will we solve or at least mitigate the antipsychotic burden? Will there be a viable game plan to reduce antipsychotic use in long-term care? Well, Hebrew Senior Life's Dr. Kent Bakayev says, maybe so. And we are fortunate to have Dr. Bakayev with us now to tell us a little bit more about his own team's efforts. Dr. Bakayev received his medical degree from Perm State Medical Academy in Russia. After successful completion of postgraduate training in family medicine at Wayne State University Affiliated Hospital located in the suburbs of Detroit, he pursued specialization in geriatric medicine. He did the clinical fellowship at Harvard Medical School. This provided him with essential skills and knowledge in the field. Um, 
He began practicing geriatric medicine in one of the underserved areas of Massachusetts in a federally qualified health center and a PACE program. The summer of 2017, he returned to Hebrew Senior Life as medical director for the Recuperative Services Unit, uh, which I know very, very well from my fellowship training, uh, in Roslindale, uh, Massachusetts. And he's a lecturer on medicine in geriatric medicine fellowship at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Bakayev, it is a pleasure to welcome you to AMDA on the go. Dr. Salzman, thank you for the introduction. It's great to be your guest on the AMDA on the go podcast, which has been my frequent companion during the commute and workout in the gym. <laughs> thank you so much. Dr. Bakayev, I typically like to start with somewhat of a historical framework to set the tone for our discussion. You begin your paper, which is entitled, A Sustainable Interdisciplinary Approach to the Appropriate Use of Antipsychotic Medication in Long-Term Care, with a statement that those of us in the field today both accept and cringe at, and that's namely, the prescribing of antipsychotic medication occurs with increasing frequency as nursing homes struggle to manage challenging behaviors, agitation, and psychoses associated with dementia. Let's take this statement as the starting point and a bunch of questions. Uh, lead us through the evolution of this project. You know, you introduce us to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS's white papers, um, food and drug um, uh, alerts, uh, consortiums like the SQLI, and the AUA framework toward the appropriate reduction of antipsychotic use. Tell us about the pathway and about these abbreviations and how you were inspired to take on this project. Uh, thank you. Well, indeed, it's very well known that the behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia are found in patients with all types and stages of dementia that occur in syndromes such as psychosis with delusions and hallucinations, agitation with aggression, disinhibition. Mm. Despite, despite the fact that, that no drugs have been formally approved by the FDA for the behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia, the current mainstay of treatment is the off-label use of psychotropic medications. Now, from all psychotropic uh, broadly speaking, classes, atypical antipsychotics, the second generation antipsychotics, have, have the strongest base of evidence, although their benefits are moderate at the best, and it's very well known that they're associated with significant increase mm. in the substantial side effects, be it cardiovascular events or higher mortality, generally speaking. Right. The FDA issued black box warning for atypical antipsychotics back in 2005. Mm. And in 2008, they extended that warning to the conventional antipsychotics. CMS launched the National Partnership to Improve Dementia Care in Nursing Homes in 2012 to improve the quality of care for nursing home residents with dementia. Although CMS developed the training program to promote so-called person-centered high-quality care and the use of non-pharmacologic treatment options instead of antipsychotics, the program's quality measure, measure, the most important measure, is the prevalence of antipsychotic use, which CMS began reporting publicly through the Nursing Home Compare website and mm -hmm. the five-star quality rating system for nursing homes. Right. According to CMS, antipsychotic prescribing to residents with dementia in long-term care facilities 
has decreased since the start of the partnership initiative by more than 30%. Hmm. Now, before the CMS initiative, back in 2010, 12 leading senior care organizations in the United States and Canada from the consortium, which they called the Senior Quality Leap Initiative, also known as the SQLI. The SQLI was designed to share best practice experiences and data in different areas, be it the use of antipsychotics, falls, pain, depression, or even acute care transfer, um, meaning hospitalization from long-term care, with a single goal to improve quality and clinical outcomes in individual organizations. Hebrew Senior Life is a part of the SQLI, and we tested a pilot approach known as the appropriate use of antipsychotics, which we internally call the AUA, Hmm. as a way to reduce our prescribing rate of antipsychotic medications in long-term care division in the view of relatively high use of antipsychotics in our organization when we made made the decision back in 2016. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. So... um... I'm interested in hearing about the implementation piece of the AUA framework. It clearly was more than just the completion of paperwork. It it required, um, from my read of your paper, facility leadership, staff buy-in and teamwork and interdepartmental cooperation. Tell us about the process, perhaps starting with the unique aspects that made Hebrew senior life as a location ideal for the work. And I'm interested in your outcomes and if you saw barriers to the work um, and if you found any unique opportunities from it. Given the size of our organization with two major campuses and more than 600 long-term care residents, interdepartmental collaboration was essential for the successful implementation of this initiative. Department of Nursing, Department of Medicine, including our geropsychiatry team, professional development, quality assurance, pharmacy, and expressive therapy had to act and acted in unison. Mm. Necessity to change mindset among clinical staff, unequal adaptation of the cultural shift between you know two campuses, I would mm. say were the major challenges which we had to which we faced and overcame eventually. Mm-hmm. Apart from the close collaboration with SQLI, which provided very useful tools like deprescribing worksheets, uh, deprescribing and behavioral assessment guidelines, templates for data collection and tracking, we also implemented educational meetings, regular huddles on individual floors. But the most important piece was the support from the administration and leadership. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, our chief nursing officer, who is the co-author of this paper, Tammy Vitalik, was the key person behind the initiative who organized the whole process. Mm. And Department of Nursing in general was the major driving force and leading department of this initiative. Uh, what helped us to kind of accelerate our buying and just share the concept with all stakeholders, it was a day-long kickoff event with guest speakers from the SQLI, uh, a few seminars, and um, um, it was a it was a wake wake up call for uh, for the frontline clinical workers. Mm-hmm. Hebrew Senior Life was in my day the Hebrew Rehab Center, and it has always been the mecca 
for uh, geriatric research and for really changing the uh, changing the the whole environment of of geriatric care in many different ways, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Hebrew Senior Life always been trying to be on the forefront of uh, geriatric research, and Marcus Institute is um, our major subdivision uh, for uh, geriatric focused research. But we also uh, heavily focused these days on pragmatic trials as well. Right, right. And now, a word from our sponsor, U.S. Post-Acute Care. Let's talk for a minute about goals of care conversations. Now more than ever, post-acute clinicians should initiate these discussions with their patients. At U.S. Post-Acute Care, our clinical team is committed to regular goals of care conversations with each seriously ill patient. We help our patients to think through their goals and express what's most important to them. Now we can develop a care plan that aligns with their goals and their values. Using a technique first developed by Ariadne Labs, these structured conversations have shown meaningful improvements in the quality, cost, and effectiveness of care. Our chief medical officer, Dr. Kevin Henning, is highly committed to making the goals of care conversation a foundation of effective care for our clinical team. At US Post-Acute Care, that's what we think. Now we'd like to know what you think. You can reach us at uspostacutecare.com or on LinkedIn, and Dr. Henning will be happy to respond. Thanks for listening. We are speaking with Dr. Ken Pakayev about innovation in antipsychotic medication use for the long-term care setting. Dr. Pakayev, a central motivation of the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine has always been, what can we teach or discuss today that can be put into action by our Joamdas in the trenches, as I like to call them, tomorrow. I cannot help but think of the facility that's in the rural setting or an average facility that is faced with poor metrics around antipsychotic use. You know, what lessons have you learned that you can pass on to these facilities who are trying to make a change now, trying to improve their use, trying to to lessen their use. What, what is the lowest hanging fruit in reducing antipsychotic use for them? You know, wh where do you start? Thank you for this great question. As a matter of fact, we were exactly in the same position uh, four years ago. Mm. And I think like many things in our life, it starts with an honest conversation about the matter to ensure awareness of all stakeholders. I think collection of the relevant metrics and data, especially using MDS, minimal data set, yeah. uh, examination of current practices in respect to management of dementia-related behaviors, followed by discussion with the leaders and administrators should be the initial step. Um, continuous involvement of a clinical leader, or preferably leaders, especially from the Department of Nursing, a designated work group or task force with members from uh, different uh, divisions, be it division of medicine, nursing, quality, um, uh, would, be, would be the next step. Mm. Eventually, eventually it's, a, it's a culture changing process that requires ongoing involvement of right. time and efforts. But at the end of the day, it's, it's rewarding. Yeah. Additional aspect I would suggest is uh, a designated task force or work group 
should constantly evaluate outcomes and help the initiative stay on track, mm. as well as ongoing education of frontline clinical staff uh, would be the following step. Mm-hmm. In terms of low-hanging fruits, I would say that uh, patients with advanced stages of dementia, as well as new admissions to long-term care after recent hospitalizations when antipsychotics were prescribed for acute and circumstantial behavioral disturbances like hyperactive delirium, uh, were easy to pick uh, in terms of smooth gradual dose reduction approach. Mm-hmm. So long story short, at the end of the day, this doesn't require the um, the uh, the type of sophisticated facility that Hebrew Senior Life is. This this can be done in you know the facility you know in any community down the street from the hospital. That's that's absolutely right. I think I think awareness of all stakeholders, uh, administrative and leadership support. And designated task force are the essential elements. Yeah. This is really a great paper. It's so it's so nicely done. What a great story, um, Dr. Bakayev. Uh, as has become customary in the time we have remaining, I typically like to be somewhat provocative with my guests, but I'm not going to be too much. Um, so, I guess that we find ourselves where we were 50 years ago. Um, you know, and I, I have to go back to the idea of the appropriate reduction of antipsychotics and your findings of an increased use of psychotropics because uh, some long-term residents just need something to help them cope with the ramifications of their disease. You know, what is the right amount of antipsychotic or the right time for and of antipsychotic? You know, how do you know what the, what the target is? And, and frankly, are, are psychotropics, as the ones you mentioned, are, are they going to be the new bullseye, the new point of attack? You know, can surveyors ever be appeased? And, you know, Given, given where you stand now, what is your view of what the best future is going to look like with regard to this issue? Well, I think those, those, are, those are phenomenal questions. Some of them actually baffled me when I was, when I was a fellow. And I think that is the reason we, we call it appropriate use of antipsychotics, because we think there is and there will be a role for the appropriate use of antipsychotics in patients with dementia-related behavior problems especially when non-antipsychotic measures failed. Delusions with hallucinations that cause significant uh, distress in patients mm-hmm. or continuous severe agitation with aggression that risks safety of other patients. Other situations when atypical second-generation antipsychotics perhaps can be used. There is no one-size-fits-all type of approach with antipsychotics, as we all know. Right. Lowest, po- lowest possible effective dose that provides enabling and distress-free behaviors, careful selection of an antipsychotic in view of individual psychiatric and medical profile, as well as informative discussion with the family members or caregivers, uh, followed by informed consenting and proper documentation. I would say those are the paramount uh, steps that should be taken when a decision to use an antipsychotic is made. 
further periodic assessment of patients who are on antipsychotics by the interdisciplinary team attempts to initiate gradual dose reduction with simple idea that the use of antipsychotics should be time limited mm. with, with hopefully subsequent discontinuation and sufficient documentation that's what we call the appropriate use. Right. I think in the future we'll see, and we're already seeing uh, from, 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 from recent papers, higher rate of prescribing other psychotropic agents like atypical antidepressants, benzodiazepines, mood stabilizers. As a matter of fact, we've seen it in, in our own institution as well once we, once we implemented the initiative. Mm. Uh, we're also likely to observe wider adaptation of person-centered individual care with non-pharmacological interventions, such as life enhancement, expressive and music therapy, which helped us substantially in this endeavor. Mm -hmm. We have been privileged to speak with and learn from Hebrew Senior Life geriatrician, researcher, and leader, Dr. Kent Bakayev. I, I urge everyone to take a look at his and, and his colleagues' article in the January 2021 issue of the Journal of the American Medical Director Association, JAMDA, under Pragmatic Innovations. Dr. Bakayev, thank you so much for spending your time with AMDA on the go. Thank you for this opportunity. References for this podcast can be found at paltc.org backslash podcast. Until next time, I'm Dr. Wayne Saltzman for this innovation podcast that we call AMDA on the go. Support for this podcast is brought to you by U.S. Post-Acute Care. If you are a physician and interested in obtaining ABPLM pre-approved certified medical director credits for certification or recertification, go to our new learning management system at apex.paltc.org. Click on podcast and follow the link to this latest episode. Thank you.